the fact that you guys would even want to listen is crazy to me. I mean, this is the corner of the circle, I guess. What it's about, real simple. People getting together, cracking jokes, talking trash, laughing a little bit, discussing current topics, old topics, really don't matter. But the cool thing is we get to crack the door open, open up the window, so to speak. Let you peek your head in, listen a little bit, be nosy. Either way, it's a good time. Glad you're joining us. This is the corner of the circle. All right, boom, we're ready to roll. We are we are live and direct with the man, the myth, the legend, the man himself, Mr. <laughs> Doctor, I should say. Chris Hunt, what's up, brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Let me but tell yeah, you something. If, if, I, if I was a doctor, I'd be like, listen, address me by my proper. Uh, um, so what's <laughs> up, man? How you been? Good, man. Good, man. Good been stuff. Really good. Good stuff, man. So uh, for those of, of the world that don't know who you are or what you do, can you give us a quick little breakdown of who you are, uh, what you do in terms of your position with the USAPL, um, and maybe outside of that a little bit? Yeah, man. So um, I'm Chris Hunt. I'm an ER doc, actually, by trade. Um, I finished my residency many years ago in 2011 in New York, actually. Um I was honestly going to do a sports medicine fellowship. I did not. Um, kind of life took over. Had yeah. to start earning money. Actually had to help support my dad yeah. at that time. So um, I had it all kind of lined up to do a sports medicine fellowship in, in Long Island. And life kind of took its own course for me. But um, So I am the USAPL TUE committee chair. Mm-hmm. So basically what that means is I'm – we don't have a medical director per se. Yeah. Uh, but I guess if there were a medical director position, that'd be me. Right. Um, Cause there's other kind of sub medical ish things, but um, our committee is kind of technically considered the, the medical committee. Right. Really. Um, so that kind of satisfies a deep need in me to, to do kind of sports medicine stuff. Right. Um, Cause I don't do that in my, my day to day dealings. I kind of do. Uh, I incorporated some into my practice of medicine, um, but really, this is the thing that kind of satisfies my need to to be able to want to do sports medicine. Essentially, right. so, kind of get the best so of both worlds. Yeah, yeah. Because honestly, I was gonna, like I said, I was gonna do this whole one-year fellowship, and there's gonna be this whole thing on Long Island, and then it would have been a a big pay cut for another year for me. Yeah, I had to kind of get out there, and I don't know if you're aware, but medical school costs a lot. Does it cost? Because I had no idea. Days. I don't know. Most of the, most of us. Oh man! Well, so, <laughs> so when I got out, I had three hundred fifty thousand dollars of debt, and yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I was twenty nine years old, and like, I was like, man, I just got to start earning money because I I don't come from money. I come right. from like my dad was an appliance salesman. Right. So, like I don't I don't come from wealth. Nobody in my family is a doctor, so so I just kind of had to get out there and start. Start grinding. Stuff. Start getting it together. Start grinding, man. But you know what? Like, so my day-to-day stuff. I'm an ER doc, right? So my day-to-day stuff is um, like critical care. So that's stuff <sighs> I really like. Um, so actually, you know, like pumping on people's chests, shocking them, bringing them back to life. That's a small, actually, portion of what I do. But that's that's the stuff I really do like. Um, there go, man. And then that's there's heavy. there's other there's other day-to-day stuff like people check in for needs pregnancy test or like hangnail. So yeah. we kind of see, yeah. 
<laughs> you kind of get the full spectrum. It really is the full spectrum. I get, and man, I'll tell you, in New York, it was it was a trip because New York was an eye-opening, kind of awakening experience for me, and in general, being you know a white boy from the Midwest and Podunk. <laughs> it was just no, I mean, really, like it was, yeah. I would think it was an important thing for my development as like a human being to to oh, do yeah. that. Um, I mean, the, obviously, but, I mean, it's just. I mean, just off the off the top, I mean, it's just just almost being reintroduced to a whole different culture. I mean, like you're you're immersed into a whole different culture. On top of that, of course, I mean, it's a whole. I can't even. I don't know. I don't know because I've 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 said I can't even. I barely know CPR, but to even say that it's a high stress a high stress situation. I mean, I almost feel like that's not even doing it justice. But you know, obviously, it depends on the person and how you take. You know, uh, oh yeah, for sure. But I think, I think that the job kind of lends itself more towards people that both like adrenaline, yeah, but also like can keep their cool. So <clears throat> I don't know. That probably is me for the most part. So just a little bit. That's why I like it. I mean, because I I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie. I mean, like you and I are both powerlifters, right? Yeah. So we kind of feed off adrenaline. You've got to, thing. man. You it's... have to. I mean, because it's like you get out on the platform, you get that feeling of that rush of like, oh man. I'm finally here. I've been training for so many months. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people looking at me, and oh man, I can't, I can't like, I can't, can't mess up. There's no messing and, like, up. I can't mess up. Yeah. So you get all these kind of thoughts rushing through your head. So that's definitely like an adrenaline junkie kind of thing. And, so um, as far as you know, is we'll, we'll we'll go to powerlifting a little bit. We'll dive into that a little bit. Where where and when did you kind of start your powerlifting journey? Have you always just kind of been like abnormally strong, or like yeah. I mean, kind of, sort of, yeah. Um, I mean, I was the strongest kid in my high school. Right. Um, and so my powerlifting journey really started, um, we had a woman named Judy Gedney, um, who was my powerlifting coach mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere in Illinois. And I'm talking, our town had 20,000 people, but 12,000 of those were college students. So really, really we had like 8,000 yeah, residents. And we were in the middle of cornfields, like middle of nowhere. So we had nothing to do. So um, this lady named Judy Gedney, who is actually now in the USAPL Women's Hall of Fame, happened to be living in, in Podunk, and she was a professor at the college okay. in my hometown. And she taught exercise science. Okay. And um, Judy Gedney, if you look her up, is like really well known in the powerlifting community. Right. And we were talking about history earlier. But yeah. She is like, she's definitely you know ancient history now, and unfortunately, she actually. Um, deceased a couple months ago but um she was probably one of the most influential people in, in my world because um i was asked to come train at, it was a salvation army where i lived okay. so literally the basement that was a little bit moldy um, <laughs> rusty bars right and some used weights the good stuff the dungeon oh such a dungeon but it was free right so it was free for two hours a day six days a week and she ran this thing and she just taught kids how to lift. And that was like her mission. Right. Um, and she had started getting me into powerlifting competitions when I was 17. So we're going on 20 years now that I've been doing this. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely ancient history at this point. You know what? It's so crazy. I, like you two more than five years in powerlifting and you're, you're old, straight up. It's and it's crazy because the I, I started kind of doing like just research on you know other strength sports, 
Um, I mean, and it's 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 just as bad, of course, like Olympic weightlifting. But on the reverse side, with with strongman, it seems that the older they get, it seems like that's when they're the strongest. And yeah. like I, man, it's just it's one of those it's one of those things where I'm like, wait, so you're meaning to tell me you've got these guys like once they get past that 34, 35 mark, they start moving insane weight, absolutely insane weight. And of oh, yeah. course, it kind of reminds me of. Uh, a couple like the old schoolers. I always just call them the old schoolers. Like, you know what? If you just put on 2.5 kilo on your total once a year, every year, for 10 years, yep. that's 25 kilo that you just put on your total. And That's the Dave, the Dave Ricks method, man. Yeah, man. And, you know, it's smart. And it's and honestly, in terms of it speaks a lot to longevity in the game. Um, You have a lot, a lot of people that just want to just – Boom, let's go. Let me try to add 20, 30 kilo to my total. And that's awesome. But I think a lot of times you get spoiled with those newbie gains, like they call them. Um, and you expect and it that slows to down. Those noob gains go away. They go you know. away. They're supposed yeah. to go away. It's for one to expect. And, and you know, I, I don't necessarily have beef with coaches, but I have beef with lifters that expect that to be the norm every single year. There's some years that there, there's some years, there's literally been years. In my, you know, my seven-year career, there's been years that I'm like, wait a minute, how am I losing in my total? How's my total going down? And then, you know, year four, year five, I had nothing. Year six, it shoots up. I'm like, what's going on? Um, you know, and a lot of times it's just the stimulus that, you know, that, that one, you know, is presented, whatever it may be. But the one thing life, that I... man, sometimes, a lot of times it's life. Yeah. Whatever you got going on in your world. You know, and I, and I honestly, I mean, that's spot on i honestly never really paid attention to it until i started taking a journal of kind of what's going on so i was taking a journal opposite training to kind of see like hey what's going on you know whatever whatever and i started noticing like dude i'm not sleeping the way i need to be sleeping or i'm not eating the way i need to eat yeah you know yeah, and of course it's a huge one for natural athletes man oh man huge, and huge. i and again you know it's it honestly took me getting into year five and six to realize like hey man it's the it's the it's the little things that I'm not doing that that are affecting the big things that I'm trying to do. Um, yep. So it's just weird when you know it's like 20 years in the game. I don't think people understand 20 years in powerlifting would honestly be like 30, 35 years in any other sport because there's really we don't necessarily have an off season. You know, it's yeah, we don't. You, yeah. We just we go and we go and we go and we go because you can't you can't stray away too far and you can't take too much of a break because you, you are going to lose a little bit. Um, and it's not necessarily, you might not physically lose the strength in terms of, of the actual, you know, pounders or, or kilo, but that groove, that feel of having the bar on your back of, of, of yeah. wedging for that deadlift. Like, you know, if you don't use it, you definitely lose it. Um, oh, for sure. And for us, we're, we're so mental with it, which is, I don't know. It's going to bring me to my next one. I, I love talking about this. Cause like, honestly, I, I, you know, I still brag on you to this day. You know, three and four years ago, the only guy that I knew that could squat over 650 was you. That was it. You're the only 93 that could squat over 650, um, you know, and that could do it like pretty much on call. Um, I, I can honestly, I can remember looking at the roster, I'm like, well, okay, well, I know that I'm going to start at least, at least 60 pounds behind Chris after we're done with squats. Okay, so I'm really going to have to work on this bench to try to get back up in the game. Well, you got well, yeah. You all smoked me on bench though, but 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 yeah, yeah. Like so, I mean, have, has a squat just always just been like? It's always been my. It's thing. it's yeah, always been it's your always thing. Been my thing. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that was Judy's thing. That was the thing that she really pushed. And the thing, <laughs> the thing that I've really screwed up since I stopped um, connecting with her and since she got sick in the last several years, because she had she developed Parkinson's mm. and then um, dementia and stuff. Um, is she would always hammer. I mean, she would always hammer me and be like, lower Chris, lower Chris. Oh, man. Not going low enough, Chris. Every rep. I mean, it was just every rep. And it was like, I... that in. And so then ever since, like, I kind of didn't connect with her as often in the last several years, what's happened? My squats are high. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of like the, the benefit of having, like, a good coach from the get-go. Is yeah. They hammer it, you know, they hammer it to you. Because I would send her videos and stuff, and she'd be like, nope, that's high. Nope, that's high. And, you Even know, when I wasn't at home. It's, and it's always it's always that person that, you know, I mean, that – it's something about, you know, that 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 person that just gets you, that knows you. Maybe they helped you start, whatever it is. But oh, when they yeah, say lower, sure. they, they're, sure. they're never going to lie to you. They're never going to, you know, yep. tell you something that, that you want to hear, but rather something that you need to hear. And when oh, you hear lower from them, because I've, I've, I've been there too many times – Lower, lower, lower. Like you're like, all right. Well, you know what? Maybe I just need to just start burying it. Um, and that's that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, like one of my first mentors, was like, man, you're never gonna pass a squat if it's that high. I'm like, it feels like it's so low. Well, feel and look are two different things, brother. So you're gonna have to get, get lower. I'm like, what? Yep. Lower. So I just started burying them over and over and over. Um, you do bury them. I try to. It's crazy because I can I can tell you twenty. It was like twenty fourteen in uh, when we were at nationals in uh, Denver, and uh, we were in Colorado doing uh, doing nationals there. I didn't have a coach, and uh, so I was kind of handling myself a little bit. And I remember Jeremy Hartman came up to me because, "Hey man, there's no reason why." He saw me in the in the in the back, you know, and I was kind of kind of hitting depth, but I mean, I was just doing just enough to you know. To not, you know, to not hurt myself. Because I thought the lower I go, I'm going to hurt my knees. Completely, you know, I, I was under the pressure. Like, I'm oh, going to. That's such a myth. I know, but I'm just that's saying, though. I'm a product of what I knew. So I was like, all right, well. So I was like, I'm going to hurt my knees. But here's the thing. It I'm hurt more to try to cut it. I'm fighting that in the medical community, man. That's a myth that's been all pervasive throughout humanity. That's yeah. That's lots of better for your knees, man. Like, I just, so I was just like, all right, well, okay. I, he's like, man, listen. All I want you to do, I remember he, I mean, I remember it like it's yesterday, like like he's in my ear right now. He's like, the only way that you're going to have a chance to win this thing is you got to squat at least 600 pounds. Because I remember I was having to go against Lane. I said, all right. He's like, you already, you already know. Yeah, because he had a monster squat. He, yeah. He out-edged me. Yeah, and, that's, and, and I remember because I was like, I knew for a fact, I was like, well, I know that I'm going to be at, at least 50 pounds behind. I always counted that I was going to be at least, at least 50 pounds behind you with squat. And I was like, I, because I at that time I had never even touched anything around six, not even in the gym. And he's like, if you want a chance to win this thing, he's like, you're going to have to squat at least six hundred pounds. I was like, what? First of all, you're crazy. I have a great bench. I'll just stick in it with bench. He's like, I'm telling you right now, you will not have a chance to win this thing unless you go over six. I'm like, well, dude, I've never even done this in training. What are you talking about? And I remember you went up, freaking blew up some six hundred ungodly. I'm like. What what is this dude doing? Okay, I'm cool with that. And then Lane, you know, I I remember Lane goes up and because I think he I don't I, your your second attempt was like six something. Yeah, it was, and he hit ten pounds more me or something like that. Yeah, and then Lane, I think his he went like something sixes. I'm like, oh crap, I am gonna have to go over six. I have to. And my 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 goal at the time was like I just want to get five. I knew it was like five seventy something, five eighty something. 
And so I was like, all right, I think I could do like a high, high 70s, maybe low 80s, 580 something. I think I can do that. And so I get ready to go out and it was like, yeah, we're going to go 60, I think it was like 606. I'm like, what? All right. I think, I don't know, whatever. It all looks the same to me. I remember walking out there. He's like, you got to go all the way down. He goes, if you just go, just, he goes, just go as fast as you can down. I was like, oh, okay. And I just remember I dropped down to the bottom. It just popped up. I stood up with it. And I almost, I almost racked it to start yelling and, and going crazy. But I just remember him, somebody yelling, hold, hold. So I just like held it for a minute and then I heard the rack call. So I racked it. And I remember I walked to the back. I immediately started crying. I was like, that was 600 pounds. I never thought I could do that. But I also knew that I had to go all the way down. So I was like, well, there's something to going all the way down. I'm just keep yeah. doing that. And from that point on, that was always my thing. I was like, I'm never going to be that guy that gets called for depth ever again. Number one. Number two, I'm never going to like, I'm never going to like cut my squat. I'm just going to go. You know what I mean? And if I can't come out of the bottom, it is what it is. Coincidentally, I get home, I start training that way. Chris, the craziest thing, my knees that used to be so sore, they stop being sore. Right? Because you transmit the force to your, your hips. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, there's a, there's something to this. And then from that day to present day, it's been that way. And now it's to the point now that, you know, between Mike and Ross, hey man, maybe you shouldn't go so low. <laughs> you might want to, you don't have to go, because the heavier it gets, the heavier it gets. So what's the, the right answer, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is now it's like the heavier it gets, I just don't want to leave any doubt. So I will bury it. I will go just that much lower yeah, just to make just, sure. It, I, yeah, I think you got the right prerogative with that. Because, man, I had – I kind of – I did a really close squat. My third one was 660 this year. Yeah. And it didn't pass two to one. And, I'm, you know, I'm like – and I felt like that was deep for me. Yeah. Like I didn't I felt like I didn't have much more on depth. So, you know, it's just you go back to the drawing board and just Well, it's hard because smoking. you know, you have one, you have huge legs, you know what I mean? And you have like huge hamstrings. So it's like where else can I got you a go? big forward lean too though. Yeah. I do way low bar and the big forward lean. This so is that makes true. It probably a little bit more difficult. Well, and, and it's always hard when it's always hard. It's I can respect, I mean, I respect, I respect the judge's call because, I mean, it's not an easy job. I get that. You know, it's hard for me to right, argue. They're the ones with the best angles. So how do you yeah. It's, it's hard for me to argue with the side judge. That? I mean. But yeah. when I get called from the front, you know, it's so hard for me to wrap my brain around. How can you see how low I'm going, getting from the front? It's not possible, in my opinion. Well, uh, I passed the front judge. Yeah. I, I, I didn't, I missed on depth on the side guys. And that that's, was, and that's the hard part. Yeah. Anytime I've ever been called from the front, I'm like, hold on, man. Like, let's 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 discuss this. How can you see? You know what I mean? Like, so well, if they're calling you from the front, though, the times I've been called from the front, they I looked at the video and I was like, okay, that was way. High. Yeah, I think the only time I've ever been called for depth since well, shit, since 2014, I did a that that they did that Toronto Pro Show Invitational, and we were all getting called. And man, we all man, we were getting man, we were getting poached out there. And I remember <laughs> were they all Canadian judges? Those guys are rough. Well, yeah, that and the head judge was uh, Zach Cooper. Oh, and yeah. of course, I was so angry. I <laughs> mind you, I, Zach I, is no BS though. Zach dude. is no BS. Man. Yeah, and then here's the thing. So I, I, he's actually given me a few pieces of advice recently that's helped though. 
I will say that. Dude, I, I will tell you this, man. To this day, the greatest advice I've received from anyone, anyone in powerlifting has been Zach Cooper. And I, I cite yep. him every time. All he yep. said was, you need to start looking for the things that you're not looking for. Yep. And that's a good piece of advice. That sure. changed everything for me. There were things that I just wasn't paying attention to in terms of technique, in terms of morale, in terms of how I approached it, in terms of just the fun that I was having, in terms of how I coach my people. And honestly, it's written on my bathroom mirror. Look for the things you're not looking for. It's, really? Yeah. Yes. Man, I got to say, this is a good example. You're one of my favorite people in powerlifting. I'm going to tell you that right now. Listen, it's you've, not been, about you've always been one of my favorite people to compete against. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. It's because you have this infectious, positive attitude, man. Because I would say you're the first person that I competed against that t- totally flipped my attitude about my competitors. Is My competitors are not my, my enemy. They're not somebody that I'm trying to work against. No. You know, I'm working against myself. Exactly. And, and that was the, I think, I think it was the, the Arnold in 2014, maybe, when you really changed my whole attitude on competing. That was the year that I went for the squat world record. Yeah. Still like 650, and I missed it because we had that like six guy flight. Yeah. And my coach couldn't get me out of my belt and I was like sweaty and I was like, oh man, I'm too tired to do this. That I was, this right that now. was, the, that's to this day, that is the roughest Arnold I think anyone's ever been. It was a, that was a rough meet. Um, and Elliot was actually our head judge. Yeah. We're going on a total tangent, but um, Elliot was our head judge and yeah. I remember him coming up to me after the meet and he was like, I did the best that I could and slow down that flight. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, man. And it was like, it was rough. But, um, yeah, I just, like, I ran out of gas with, with trying to um, hit 650 because I was just, like, tired. We were all, dude, we were all dead. I, I, I just remember I yelling. Remember, I think I remember yelling out, guys, everyone take your minute. Take your full minute. Take your, take your time getting out there. <laughs> so I remember that. I remember that because you were, like, trying to help everybody else out. I was yeah, like, man. This guy helping everybody else. Dude. And then you were, like, super positive. I remember when I went out for, like, my world record attempt, like, you smacked me on the back and you were, like, man, you got this. And I was, like. Who is this? Guy? <laughs> <laughs> but, but that totally, but you know, that totally changed my perspective on the people that I compete against. And ever since then, I've been like trying to encourage everybody. Yeah, man. Man, you have this like infectious in a good way, like a, a good parasite, like an infectious attitude. I just though, feel like Chris. Let's let's be honest. Think back to you know, think back to when we well, not not when we started, but think back to like 2013 and 2014, 2012, like. When we were first, like, kind of, you know, getting our foot into the raw game. Yeah. yeah. We are literally the only two left. David Ricks, of course, but David Ricks, he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a different beast altogether. But when you look back on all of those flights, all of those 93s, even, I guess, that first year where it's like 90 and then it goes 93, look back on all, like, we are the only two left, dude. We are the only two left. Not oh, not saying that we're the only two left, but in terms of the level where it's gone, we've we've kind of been like one of the 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 few that have been able to ride that wave. Because honestly, it used to be you know we got to make sure make sure you get a total over like seven hundred, and then it was like seven twenty, and then you know I think the seven fifty, and then it was like if you're you know now it's like if you're not you know up and over or knocking around eight hundred, it's just like you're getting left behind. 
Now, yeah, I still haven't hit that 800 mark now. But you're, you're, but, but the thing is, you keep getting closer and closer and closer. So that's yeah, the this thing. Yeah, was rough for me, but yeah, like I'm, I'm edging toward it. Well, and, and the thing is, just you know, if if your squat goes, it's a wrap. That's it. You know what I mean? So you're you're already, and and for me, it's just watching because I, you know, I still I always have my favorites to watch. You're always going to be one of my favorites to watch because like it's like when your squat goes, it goes. It's not one of those like, oh, I wonder if it's going to go or not. Like, it goes. And that's the thing. If if the squat, you and David Ricks are, in my opinion, two of the most dangerous squatters because if the squat goes, y'all's momentum just does this. And it yeah. never stops. Like, so, yeah, and, I'm definitely a momentum lifter. If yeah, I, if I so, all three squats, then the rest of my day is going to go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, once, you know, if, if you're lifting against, like, like you said, a momentum lifter, it doesn't matter what's on the bar because – the day becomes their day. And that's just it. Like, if it's your day, if you're a lifter and it's your day, there's no such thing as beating that person. It's just like, you got you better hope and pray that they make a mistake. The only thing is, I don't want to win because you make a mistake. I want to win because your best you came out, my best me came out, and I just happened to edge you. It was my day that day. You know, so like, maybe that's part of the reason why I, I cheer on my, you know, my competitors. At the end of the day, it's just, I know what it's like to feel like you have no one out there, you know what I mean? Because my first few meets, that was that's what it was like, and I hate that feeling. It's 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 one of the loneliest feelings to to feel like I've worked my butt off to get to this point. Number one, you know what I mean, and I paid all this money to get here. Number two, and then I have no one that has my back when I'm out here. Number three, those are the three worst feelings to have as a lifter. So, it, powerlifting definitely used to be when we started, and then even. Before I started competing with you, like it used to be such a lonely, yeah, lonely thing. it was lonely and boring. It's lonely and boring. So boring. And, and the, the production value has gone up, like yeah, astronomically. It has. I mean, people don't remember, like you know, they're like, oh well, you know, we're doing this this meet here and there. I'm like, guys, I've done a meet at a church. We did nationals at a church. <laughs> I've it, done a meet in oh, man, the places I've done a meet in. You know what I mean? Uh, so. Uh, the middle of a YMCA basketball court. Yeah, man. Like, small town, Indiana. Yeah, you know, so I'm like, you know, oh, even, I remember, uh, you know, we did a regional at a high school. I'm like, man, I would never do that anymore. You know, it's just, you know, but you didn't know. You just took what you had and you rolled with it. And so it's, oh. it's, it's, and the thing is, it doesn't matter. I, I actually was talking uh, to Pete about this, Pete from SPD. I was actually talking with him about this actually yesterday, you know, and we were talking about the Sheffield and, you know, the production and everything and, you know how you know he thinks it's it's gonna be so awesome. I think it's gonna be great. Of course, he's you know he's like I just call me, you know I just I guess I'm British about it. You know I, I'm you know a, a pessimist first, you know and whatever whatever. So we're just kind of chatting about it. But then I got to thinking I'm you know and I was telling him like Pete, here's the thing, you have the three major things knocked out. I should say four major things. Number one, you have a venue. Number two, you have your lifters. Number three, you have your judges. You know what I mean? And number four, you'll have at least one camera. That's all you're going to need because one, the camera people are going to see, want to see what's going on. Two, the athletes don't care where it is. They're going to lift no matter what. Three, you have judges. So they're going to make sure, you know, one, the athletes are safe, you know, and, and two, that, I mean, that, that the meet runs at least, you know, halfway smoothly. And then four, the venue, you have a place for them to lift. We don't care. As an athlete, I will literally live outside in the middle of the rain as long as I know that I'm safe. And that, you know, one, I can break a record or two, I can move, move weight and possibly have a PR. I don't care where I live. Most athletes don't care where they live. We just want a chance to get together and move some weight. That's it. 
It doesn't matter where it's at. So while the production is absolutely amazing, and I'm very appreciative of it, I'm very appreciative of, of the production value, how it has gone up. I don't care about that. I just want to make sure that I can put this weight on my back, that I can get a little chalk, I can chalk up, and I can pull this, or I can bench it. That's it. So it's 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 awesome that, like I said, I, I do appreciate that you mentioned how like the production value has gone up, but at the end of the day, I think we're that type, at least I think we're just that 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 type of beast where it doesn't matter where we lift because we've lifted in some of the sketchiest places. You know, some oh. of these guys have never lifted in, in any sketch places. Like all they've ever known is nice Alico bars. You know, they don't know. A oh, man, the rusty bars. The rusty like, bars. You look at it, you get tetanus. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. you know, like, have you ever tried to grip a bar that starts sweating because it's, you know, it because it's humid outside? You know what I mean? That's how I trained. So, yeah. You know, it's 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 crazy that you know we've 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 come to this point in lifting where one the popularity has grown, which is awesome. And well, and, th that's the so the production value I think has assisted the popularity. Oh, without right? a, without a doubt, without so, a doubt. The, I mean, the production value is not going to assist you know old guys like you and me, but it is assisting you know these young guys getting into it. And oh yeah. You see so much more talent that's coming into it. That's, oh. That's what it's done. I think the craziest thing was last year in Arnold when they find, when they put up that big video board, and I hadn't seen it because I that's just kind of my thing. I never want to see what the the venue looks like. I don't want. I just want to go and lift. And so I hadn't gone to see it yet. And I think Ray walked out there um, to kind of check it out for the first time. He comes back. He's like, "Bro, I feel like a rock star." I'm like, "What? Like, Have you seen it?" <laughs> I was like, see he what he goes. You haven't seen outside. I was like, no, nah, Ray. You know, I don't go out and watch. I don't go out and look until it's time to go. I was like, so you haven't seen it. He was like, oh man, wait till you see it. And I remember I walked out, and I'm 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 I, I'm walking, and I look to the right. I'm like, yo, that's me. What is going on? It, you know me. Like I just, I'm like a, I'm just like squirrel, squirrel. Like when I'm out there, just having the time of my life. I look up and I see myself. I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be good. I remember hit my yeah, first yeah. squat. I went, I walked to the back. I was like, wait, you're right. Dude, that's crazy. He was like, I told you. And that just kind of changed it for me because like it was, I, you know, I tried to, I just wanted to see one, how much weight I could lose uh, with my cut, you know, and I was. Why did you do that? I just wanted to see if I could do it. Part of me, you when I, once I hit the 80s, when I hit, once I hit 86 in the diet, when I, when I was dieting, once I hit 86, I was like, you know what? I think I can cut down to 83. I think I can do this. And so, but the thing is, I got down, I got to. The lowest I got was like I got 83, like 838, 837, and no joke, I couldn't even stand up. I was just like, you know, I was like Mortal Kombat finishing. So I was like, I gotta eat something. So I got up like to 84, like 84 even. I'm like, all right, this will you know, this will carry me over at least to, to weigh-ins. Well, I got to weigh-ins, no joke. I'm sitting there kind of swaying back and forth, and Ray's like, hey man, I'm not gonna let you leave this room until you drink something. I'm like, for real? And Jen Thompson was like, you need to drink something, sweetie. I'm like, Okay, fine. So I drank a little bit, and I, I remember I got on the scale, and Bill Helmick looked at the scale and looked at me. He's like, uh, "Get off. Let's do it again." Gets on the scale, looks at me. He's like, "No, no, no." He turns it off, resets it, has me step back on. He's like, "Oh my god!" So this is real. I'm like, "This is real as real can be, Bill." I need to get out of here because I'm about to faint. So I start to get this weight, but it was, you know, so I was just, it was man, it was one of the funniest. Honestly, one of the most fun fun times I had cutting that kind of weight. I don't I don't think I'll ever do it again. Not you know not that quick because I I started I started that cut like a month out. If I were ever going to do that again, I would start like three four months out. I would have to start now. So if you're doing a weight class change for sure. Yeah, the thing is I didn't I didn't really care about cutting 
down a weight class. I just want to see how low I could go. I'm still going to do 93. But, I mean, and I just didn't want to work that hard going against Ray and all those guys. But here's the stupid thing. This is how dumb I am. This is how dumb your friend LS is. At no point did I pay attention to the, the fact that it was IPF points and not Wilkes. The whole time I thought I was having to lose weight for Wilkes. And you got to be a Wilkes monster to go against Ray. And I get there, and I'm like, wait, wait, what? It's IPF points? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, so you got more of an advantage as a 93 almost with the IPF points. Oh, yeah, I definitely have more of an advantage. You know? <clears throat> so I don't know, man. Like, So, yeah, let's, actually, that's something I kind of want to – I kind of want to touch on too. I actually have it written right here. Uh, so, like, in in terms of like the IPF points versus Wilkes points, I mean, uh, do you like the the points better? IPF points better than Wilkes? I mean, at least for us, it's yeah. For us, it's good. I mean, so I've talked to Joe Mark because Joe Mark Steiner helped me with the data for the transgender stuff that we looked at too, right? right? So, um, so and we used the data set. Uh-huh. For that he used to get the IPF points, um, to to look at the transgender kind of comparison data. Right. Um, anyway, so if you're talking about Wilkes versus IPF, so if if you talk to Wilkes himself about that, I haven't personally, but yeah. um, several people have, and they've said he's said multiple times like that coefficient is outdated. Yeah, it's needed to be updated for a while. Um, and so that's what Joe did. I mean, he updated the, the coefficient for, right. for the, the newest powerlifting totals and then kind of looked at everything across the board. Yeah. I mean, so, it, it seems like I mean, it would have been an outdated sample. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. So this is a, a definitely a more recent sample it was like the data set ended in 2018. I think it was from 2013 to 2018. Oh yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's a, a, that's a nice, nice data sample. I, you know, I oh, just, yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like Wilkes, the, the Wilkes formula, it definitely it has has served its purpose. I mean, in you know, and you're not going to find a formula that you know you're never going to find a perfect formula. You know, um, that's one thing. I mean, I think as a lifter, you just have to accept the fact, like you know what, there's never really going to be a perfect formula, um, because I mean, it's just well, it's there's just, not because because the populations are going to change over time constantly, right? So I mean. There's going to be some years where the 83s are the best. I mean, that was probably this year. Um, and there's been, you know, maybe the data would be a little bit different if we looked at the, the stuff from this year because of how good the 83s were. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to say. It's going to be it's going to be continuous flux. So I think that the thing, so I like the IPF points because they're more recent, right? Right. And I think that that's going to need to be updated again. Um, oh yeah, and I think that honestly that we need to look at how often does that need to be updated and make, I, you know, make a decision I mean, as far as that, you know. I mean, I honestly, I mean, would, would it be something you know possibly that you know you update every two years, every, or that's a that's a lot. I, so, I wasn't involved with doing the work, but man, Joe did a lot of work. That's what I'm saying. So so <laughs> would that be like a, years be every four years maybe? I mean, I, I mean I feel like maybe, every I don't know. Yeah, every four years in terms of I mean. I mean, five years, I, I guess, would almost kind of always be kind of a, almost a well, starting. You need a big data set, though, too, right? Yeah. So you need to be able to capture a lot of data. A lot of data. Five because years. Because had tens of thousands of lifters. Yeah, so. It was a lot of data. I mean, so. but then do you just add, you know, do you completely reset the data or do you add the data to the data that it's already there? Almost you update 
You know what I'm saying? So while you still have your original you, sample sizes, you just add additional data to that. I think that you, you, uh, I think you make new data. You make you just because I think you make new data because if you're so, I'll I'll use kind of a more extreme example. So okay. like if you look at the data from people in the early 1900s, right? Right. So the average body weight was much less than it right. is now in the United States. I mean that's that's a a bunch of factors that go into that, right? We have more obesity now and this and that. Right. But for the most part, powerlifters are fit, um, especially people that are competing at the elite level. Right. Um, but, you know, people in, the, in particular in the U.S., like, are, even if they're a fit powerlifter, they're going to be at a higher body weight than, say, somebody from the early 1900s. True. So who knows what's going to happen at the, you know, the end of this century and what the data trends are going to be at this century. So I think you got to use... A new data set every time. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I, I didn't really think about it that way. I mean, just you almost have to. I mean, you almost would have to scrap the old data just to make sure that you get the most recent and current, you know, current trends. Right. right. Yeah, I, I didn't really. The, that was the issue with the Wilkes. That was it. That's why, because even like I said, even Wilkes himself was like, "This stuff's old. Needs to be updated." So. Yeah, dang, that's crazy. So we kind of touch on the uh, transgender just in terms of, like the data collection between the you know the IPF I guess converts to the IPF formula. Uh, like I said, I mean you can go as in depth with it as you want. Uh, you can be as vague with it as you want. At this point, it's such a you know I can't even say a sensitive subject, but it, it's such a, a prevalent I guess subject right now just uh, amongst you know both you know both people there's that are. There's a lot of yeah. There's yeah. a lot of feelings and vitriol and it's yeah it's it's, it's a lot of stuff on both sides of the argument right? yeah you know and so like where kind of where i don't even know where to start with this where know, where do you how about this where do you come in with this particular subject so i come in because so i'm the tue committee chair, right all right so this is kind of what i do for usapl this is mostly a volunteer position right um i get paid a maybe a few hundred bucks a year right. total from USAPL. And it's not even for this position. Right. Like um, I'll get paid a few hundred bucks a year for the hearings that I do for the doping panel. Right. And I don't even do all the doping panels. So, you know, this is not the TUE committee chair thing is not a paid position. I do this for free. Oh my goodness. But, um, basically it's just, it's an email almost every single day looking at a medication that an athlete might be on and the medication might be prohibited according to the water rules. Right. And so we got to look at whether or not this is allowable based on this person's medical condition and necessary. And can we allow it in our sport? Ah, okay. All right. So the issue with trans athletes is twofold. So you have with trans athletes, um, male to female athletes. Okay. So people that transition from male to female have to take spironolactone. Right. And well, don't have to, but oftentimes take spironolactone. And so spironolactone is an androgen blocker. Okay. So it assists with the transition process to becoming female. So it okay. decreases androgen levels. And so spironolactone, the the kicker with this drug in particular is it's it's also a um, a masking agent for steroids in the drug test. Ah. Anytime anybody's on spironolactone, they have to get approval for spironolactone. Okay. Um, 
so that's one piece of it. So then the other piece is individuals that are transitioning from female to male. And so oftentimes folks that transition from female to male will take testosterone right. to um, kind of inherit more male characteristics. Right. Testosterone is not allowed in USAPL for any indication. Right. So that's been kind of a hard stop. So like I would say once a month, once every two months, I'll get a TUE request for testosterone for yeah. um, guys in their 40s, 50s that have low T. Right? Yeah. Um, and it's just a denial across the board. Yeah. I mean, imagine like, so you're over 40. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm 37, so I'm getting up there. Yeah. Um, imagine like if you and I took testosterone, right? Right. Because I'm sure I could like get my testosterone measured at some point and I have low T some days, man. Yeah. Or I've worked five nights in a row. Yeah. You're, yeah. I've had four hours of sleep. And just, I mean, I'm sure I could. You don't have the proper nutrition. You might not eat. Oh, yeah. And I've been working my butt off. And, yeah. You know, sending a bunch of patients to the ICU. I could get my, I could easily have get low my teeth. testosterone. Measured yeah. But, yeah. And, and just me- get it measured at a low point and be like, oh, yep, low T. I, I need my and levels up. And, yep. And then I need to get my levels up. And then, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, when I'm training for a meet, I try to like maximize my sleep and I'm sure I'm maximizing on my testosterone. Exactly. Right. So. Um, anyway, so yeah, so that's why we've never allowed people, you know, with the kind of low T thing to take testosterone. Because even better example, imagine if Dave Ricks like got his testosterone level measured, right? And he had low T, and then he got put on testosterone. That guy would be just an absolute more oh, more of an animal than he already is. Oh yeah, oh for sure. Yeah, that I mean, that makes total sense. Actually, I mean to kind of piggyback off of that, like we we're having a a, a rookie meet. Uh, one of the first, actually, I think it's the first rookie meet that Texas has ever had at, at my gym. And uh, our gym owner, actually, he uh, he was on testosterone and everything. He had to get off. He's like, you know, he's like, well, can I do the TUE for him? I was like, man, I'm going to be honest with you. It's probably not going to pass. I'm just to be honest with you. I've, I have enough. I've, I, I have a, uh, I literally have a group, a group of athletes. They all compete, and but they're all over 50. <laughs> they're all, you know, M3 plus, um, about seven of them, and it is is what it is. I'm like I just, I'm sorry, but I mean, it's and it's it's and it's a part of the contract. Like you have to understand that you can try, you want, but the TU is not. You're probably not going to get. It's probably not going to get. Never allowed it. Yeah. So I've been doing this since 2014, and um, we've never allowed it since I've been doing it. So. Yeah. So I mean, it's and it's like I, I get it, but if it's that bad where your your health is affected, you know what? Let's not compete. Let's just train. Will train and train and train, and then when you feel like you're at a point where you know possibly your body can can you know produce enough testosterone that you'll have enough energy to go out there and do your thing, then you know what? Maybe we can get you off of it, and you know you'll just have to go with what you got to go with, you know. But it's it's one of those things where you know our gym owner he had to do it when he found out. I was, he's like he asked me about the TU. I was like, listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. Here here's the here's the rules. Here are the contracts that I do with my people. Go through it. Uh, give it a look. If you have any questions, I can point you in the right direction. I was like, but well, you, you got to be off it for three years or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so he was like, you know, am I going to be able to to even do it? It's like, well, how long have you, you know, how long have you, next question, obviously, is like, how long have you been on it? Well, you know, I'm scheduled to go in to get this going. I was like, so are you, have, are you on it? Have you not been on it? Are you going to start? He goes, well, that's the thing. If I'm going to start, because I think he was doing the over-the-counter and then you know, like I don't think he was actually getting the like the injections or whatever. I was like, well, 
over the counter man again i don't know what to tell you because i've never been mm-hmm. you know what i mean i say yeah because that so my thing was you don't even actually know what you're go- what exactly you're going yeah so i was like well here's your thing and thank goodness i mean he's a uh he's an optometrist so he can afford it i was like here's your thing this is what i would do if i were you i would go and get tested just you know what if you can afford to go get a water test go ahead and go get it find somebody that can help you get it or whatever whatever i mean you know he's He's got enough connections that I mean he can you know he can afford to get a water test. I was like, I would probably go get tested on that, and I would see you know if if the stuff that you like the agents that you've been taking if you know if if your test is going to come back dirty, and if it does, then I wouldn't even I wouldn't even do this competition. That's like I wouldn't even risk it. It's like one you don't want your stuff, le- yeah I mean you want you don't want your reputation to be dirty. Then he's got to not compete for three years. Exactly. Right? So to which he did went got tested and. I forget that I forget what was in it, but it was like pretty much after it, like it pretty much it was like the equivalency of of when it I guess metabolized whatever it was like the equivalency of a, pretty much an Advil. I'm like, dude, you just you got taken is what you happened. Like you 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 were <laughs> That's taking the other side of it, right? <laughs> yeah, you were taking a a, a hundred twenty dollar placebo. Oh, so yeah, he's like, yeah, I think I'm gonna start. You know, he goes, I think I'm gonna actually, I want to start actually get my levels up. I was like, well, dude, if you're if that's what you're, you know, if that's what you're concerned about with your TUE, it's like I wouldn't even start. So it was kind of what I, I'm glad you, God, I'm glad you pointed this stuff out. We, man, we got some good stuff going on right here. Um, but yeah, so he was, he's one of the, he's one of the few that almost, you know, like thank goodness that you know, one you can afford it. Um, number number, like thank goodness one that you can afford it, and and number two that you know you caught it early enough because like I said, if you're like, well, like you said, I should say if you're on it, I mean. Three years, buddy. That's it. It is what it is. I mean, and, and yeah, and I mean, the, if you're if you're over forty, man, that's a lot of years, man. That's a lot, a lot of years. And this guy's he's well over fifty, so you got to understand, like yeah, that's, that's even that's even at that point, it's, it becomes dog years. It becomes dog years. So, well, yeah, exactly. Because how many years do you have left on your life? Exactly. Know? You know, it's not even about the platform at that point. It's actually about your just your actual mortality. So, um, yeah. so yeah, so so we're we're right now we're at with the testosterone in terms of one's conversion from. You know, female to male. So, so when I guess when it all, I can't even. It's 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 not like it was one. You know, it's hard to not necessarily make a big deal out of it. But it's one of those things where you don't want to make a big deal out of it. It's but it was, you know, you don't want to make it an issue. But it was a it's a moment in time, you know, where you know it all starts to come to a head. Um, yeah, like when, and this is the yeah this is a time in society where this is coming into a head, right? Yeah, um, because the. I think that socio-political forces have kind of made it such that this is a big, big deal in our society right, right. now. And so then, <clears throat> then what happened to us is then the word discrimination gets used. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, well, we were just talking about the African-American history right. museum, right? So, you know, discrimination is a very bad word. Right. Oh. In human history, not just American Not yet. Um, and so, you know, when that get, that word gets thrown around, it's like, oh man, yeah. yeah, that's that's a whole. Well, that's a that's a like a that's a whole can of worms on its own. Well, and then yeah, and then what's the difference between discrimination and oppression, right? Mm. Because you know, technically, you know, powerlifting discriminates based on weight class, right? You know, technically, powerlifting discriminates based on age group, right? Right. So technically. Powerlifting discriminates based on sex. Right. right. We have that written in a rule book. And so if we discriminate on sex, 
how do you make that fair? Mm -hmm. What is it? And then the questions have come up of like, you know, what does it mean to be male? What does it mean yeah. to be female? And those kind of questions are starting to come up too. So, <clears throat> and then there's been kind of this confusion of terms of the difference between sex and gender. Mm -hmm. um, because there's been a lot of social scientists that have been writing recently about how gender is a social construct and gender is a, a spectrum. Right. Um, and I think that's probably a separate issue. I'm right. not going to necessarily touch on that, but I mean, that's cer there's certainly a lot of social scientists and other scientists that have kind of written out about that. Um, but then biological sex, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how we've always defined it in our rule book is that we have divisions based on sex, right? right? Not gender. And there's been, so there's been an article that came out and then a few more that have come out that, that have kind of said, well, there's intersex conditions that exist. So yep. science, science doesn't really know what sex is. Well, science knows with 99% certainty what sex is. True story. There's a few, there's a few exceptions. Oh, without okay. a doubt. But that's across um, the board and just in anything though. There's, there's an outlier right. almost for any and everything. But then, right. but one runs but into with, the with, with biological sex though. The the amount we're talking about, the amount of exceptions is like, of any topic in medicine, the amount of exceptions in for like intersex conditions is yeah. so small that it's compared to any other issue uh -huh. in medicine. Um, it's there's like an astronomically different scale. Right. Talking about because there's so many other exceptions to rules that I deal with every day with decision-making in medicine. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. The amount of certainty that's involved with biological sex is so high um, that the intersex con conditions that are involved with that are kind of infinitesimally small. Oh, let's take ourselves a little bit of break. Why don't you get on up, stretch out a little bit. I don't know. Just kind of relax a little bit before we start the second half of the Corner of the Circle. While you're waiting, we'll let you know that this has been brought to you by the one and only sponsor, McLean and Circle, for all your apparel needs. You already know what it is. McLean and Circle, Corner of the Circle, a lot of circles. Ha! Don't worry about it. Let's get back to it. Hmm. So I think that the other thing that's been happening is people are starting to conflate um, intersex mm -hmm. with transgender athletes and kind of merging those two considerations right. into one right. and saying, well, these, these rules should apply for intersex conditions and transgender athletes the same. And really like each intersex condition has to be considered on a case by case basis. True story. Each one of them will affect your athleticism differently. Right. Exactly. So, <clears throat> so there's, um, so the caster Semenya thing. Yeah. You heard about this. Right? Yes. So what, so, Nobody really knows like what intersex condition she has. Right. Okay. So it's speculated that she is probably has an X. Again, this is between her and her doctor. Right. The, the reason that she's caught so much heat is because people are, are guessing that she might have um, an X and a Y chromosome. Right. It's just, she has this thing called androgen insensitivity. So yes. Have you heard of this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So basically like, um, has XY, but not all of her cells in her body respond to testosterone. Exactly. Have a receptor for it. And, and then there's kind of gradations of that because 
there's individuals with complete androgen insensitivity, yeah. which they don't respond to testosterone at all. So uh-huh. even though they have an X and a Y chromosome, like they're, they're very much female looking. Exactly. They just don't have, they don't have a uterus at all. Right. Um, because of how the, the development in utero kind of works. So Castor Semenya, she, ca- she caught heat because like she might, and again, might. She might. You know, it can only be she guessed. Might, she might be um, kind of like one of the gradations where she might partially respond to androgen. Right. So then that kind of becomes a confusing mess. And then what do yeah. you do with that? And, um, and then there's been like this whole court ruling in Sweden. And, and then there's been kind of counter rulings. And then they've been had more hearings. And so it's been going back and forth kind of this whole year. Um, anyway, kind of went on, on that whole tangent because yeah. people are um, kind of conflating the issue of the Castor Semenya thing and intersex right. and transgender, right? Because the, the intersex condition that matters the most is going to be people with an X and a Y chromosome that compete in the female category that right. have inter- androgen sensitivity syndrome. Right. Like most other intersex conditions um, are not going to be a competitive advantage per se. Right. Um, so anyway, giant, huge tangent, but, um, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep this issue in the realm of, we gotta, we gotta take these on a case by case basis. Yeah, you really do. Yeah. It seems like you have to. Yeah. And I mean, that's, and it's hard because I mean, there's there again, for me on the outside looking in, you know, there, there's things that I know and there's things I should say a lot of things that I don't know. And I will never claim to know something about a subject that I don't know anything about. And while you can research it as much as you can, it's still that. It's this. It's I'm an, I would at the very best be an armchair scientist. I would at the very at the very Google best. Scientist. You know what I mean? Like at the at the very That's best. Do, right? You know what I mean? Like I I would be a keyboard scientist that just happened to be able to, you know, well I don't even have access to the the to the proper literature, the proper case studies to even make a proper, you know, a proper opinion, or formulate a proper opinion about it. Um, and I know that. So I leave it to people like yourself, you know what I mean, uh, to, to not necessarily make the decision for me, but to present me with the facts that otherwise I wouldn't be able to, to, to get a hold of. There's only so much that one's allowed to, to research via Google. And yeah. that's the part that I don't think people understand. While you get a part of the answer, you don't get the full answer. Nor do you even get if you're looking on Google, and even if you're looking on like uh, actual scientific articles, yeah, there's there's conflicting information on some of this stuff, and then there's there's opinion that kind of gets inserted into the data, and And that's and that's my thing. Like at at some point, a narrative can be created, and or an opinion can be made and interjected into information that, by all sense and purposes, can be as close to fact as fact can be. But it just has to be just enough of a skew in terms of your opinion that can sway a mind either way, especially when it's a, such a hotbed issue. So, you know, I while I do I do get it on in, in terms of ex, especially with a lot of you know my, my, my sisters in powerlifting right now that that feel like you know it's not fair. I get that part. I definitely get that part. And but at the same time, for the transgender athlete, I get where you want to feel included. You want to be a part of something because this, that's, that's be, the piece, yeah. And let's be honest, because at the end of the day, it's not it's fun, and we're all trying to have fun. We all want to lift weights, but you know, and you know, very, very, very seldom are you able to meld your your passion, your hobby, and your life into the same thing. 
That's very seldom you're able to do that. Powerlifting is one of those sports where you actually your passion and your your everyday daily life and, and how much you love something and, and I guess your your sport and your attitude, it can all be melded into one thing. And that part I get. I get that you want to be included. I get that you want to be a part of this. Because honestly, I if if they were to tell if they were to tell me LS, you know what? I get it, but you know what? I mean, the fact is, you know, it's clearly stated in the rules that you can't wear Jordans when you go on the, you know, when you go on the platform. And I know that sounds so weird and so so dumb, but it's you something like Jordans, man. It's I'm super passionate <laughs> about it. But if they're like, hey, there's something that you know that an absolute part of you that I mean whatever, you know, you can't be a part of it because of whatever the rules has, have stated this since however long. You know what I mean? It's a Jordan free federation. God, are you kidding me? Like this is, but in. And the thing is, like, people can say whatever they want to say, but that's something near and dear to my heart. You know what I mean? And as is, is, is dumb as it might sound, me saying Jordans, again, there's some people out there that really think, like, you know what, man? You know, there's these 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 these, these athletes, these transgender athletes, that's just stupid. They can just go somewhere else to do it. But they don't understand. You're not in that, you're not in that person's shoes. Therefore, you don't understand how much, you know, how much it, it, it affects them. At the same time, I'm not in you know, a female, female lifter shoes. Therefore, I don't know how much it affects them. I do it know that both, both sides it affects right? both sides so much. And then we have, you know, people like you that, I mean, I can't say that you're caught in the middle, but we have people like you that, that are really in the middle that are trying to not necessarily just mediate it, but you know, for, for those of us, us armchair scientists that don't know what's going on, trying to break it down and, 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 and make sense of it, make yeah. sense of it for, for those of us that don't, don't have the education nor the wherewithal to go and find the information to formulate the best opinion. And, and sometimes, at first, I'm not going to lie, buddy, because I, I know that I messaged you a lot, told you how proud of you I was and everything. I almost felt at one point that you almost got thrown to the wolves. I'm like, wait a minute, dude. Like, First of all, this is a good guy. Second of all, there's like there's no malicious, malicious intent behind this. And third and, mo and most importantly, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing that you're saying that is based off of your own personal opinion it's all based on fact these are all just scientific facts these are just the facts that, that, are, that are laid out before you and so for me i feel like listen one you're don't shoot the messenger two don't attack my friend you know what i mean and you know i just it's just it was one of those things where like wait a minute i feel like chris is getting and i remember like kind of telling him my buddies like dude i really feel like chris is he's getting thrown to the wolves right now and like where's his backup you know what i mean like at some point, that. well, the thing is, I feel like a lot of times, because this is such a sensitive subject, and I am man enough to admit to you right now that I don't know that I would have the backbone to to not necessarily tackle the issue, but to even stand in front of somebody and present these facts, um, because I know how either one end is going to be happy and the other end is going to be hurt, or vice versa. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? I mean there's no yeah. There's, there's no, no way out of this without hurting somebody. Exactly. Either way, either way you make this. You know, decision, and I right? and I feel like for the transgender so, athletes, man, I feel for you. I really do because I know that's gotta hurt. I know well, that it's I mean, got hurt. Yeah, and even if you look at data on transgender individuals, right? I mean, the suicide rates are higher. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it's got to be hard. It's got, and, and that's and that's the thing I don't think um, people understand is like you know, and I think that's that's. I can say probably 75% of the reason that I wanted to talk to you because I think people 
those of you that those of those of uh, the that listen, those are the people that know you. Those that don't know you, they don't understand that you're a human being just like the rest of us. You know what I mean? And so they see this guy standing up on this podium, giving this this presentation, but they forget yeah. like you're a human being too. And I don't think they understand that you you recognize just like the rest of us, like to be transgender. Period. That cannot be easy. I will never say that that's easy, but yeah. to live your life and not live your truth, whatever that may be, that's got to be just as hard. And so for you want to find like, you know what, this is who I am. This is who I want to be. This is who I've always been. See me for who I am. That's, yeah. that's a huge, that's a huge leap that one has to take. Because oh, there's a lot of people right now that aren't living their truth. They're not living who they are. They're, they're not proud of who they are. They're not proud of what they bring to the table. And they're living their lives every day lying to themselves. And so for a, a transgender athlete, a transgender person, period, to you know finally decide this is who I am. This is you know who I've always been. This is how I've always felt. I'm gonna, This is it. This is who I am. To take that leap, boom. I, I salute you for that because again, there's a lot of people that aren't living their truth. It's Secondly, a, it's a giant life change. It really and is. It so and, and I know a lot of understanding from most of society. Yeah, you know, and then and then, but yeah, then I mean, it's 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 not. It's I know that it's not easy, but then I also feel you know for the female athlete that you know I mean let's be honest, man. For 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 a long, long time, they were considered inferior athletes. They were considered inferior. Period. You know what I mean? It's just by well, society. Some societies, I mean, like, so we were talking about, you know, kind of similar stuff earlier, right? Yeah. So in some societies, women used to be um, considered property. Property, right? absolute property. So, and then that didn't change till you know, a few hundred even years ago. Yeah. Really. And, and, and then, so having female sport has only been in the last few decades. That's right? that's the crazy part. That it's, it's and so been so we have so, so many, We have so many women that have really bettered their lives yes um, i mean help the women that have bettered their lives have bettered men's lives right so my first coach was female exactly you know, she was like and she got a lot of women into power with me exactly um, like my so, first she bettered my life most yeah melinda bomb influential people in my entire life exactly melinda bomb I, I always talk about melinda when i first started she was the first the first like major coach that i had it was like just do what i say don't ask questions. Just do what I say. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. And I never question. To this day, to this day, I know for a fact I wouldn't be where I, where I am right now had it not been for her. And so I I, I, I see these women, like, I, you know, and, and I, I see how, how hard they work, number one. And, and it's still, I mean, and, and still for, for so many of them, it is still an uphill battle. And so, and I, and I get it. I've had an opportunity to talk with a few. I mean, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll keep them anonymous and, and, and nameless, but you know, I've had a chance to talk with you, and the the thing that that I've I've heard echoed, you know, a few times over is we've worked so hard to get to this point. Now we have one more obstacle to overcome, and some view it as as just that it's a it's yet one more obstacle that they have to get past. You know, I mean, I'm you know I'm working hard just to be considered an equal athlete. Now I have one more obstacle to overcome, and while the transgender athlete not may not view themselves as an obstacle, you know. Some women feel like this is one more obstacle I have to overcome, and it just, man, it, it's it hurt. It sucks. It sucks for both sides, man, because you have two human beings, two sets of human beings that just want to have a good time, that just want to compete, that just want to live, that just just want to have fun, and 
because lifting and, and training and, and, and this sport is so near and dear to so many people's hearts, it's a passionate issue that no matter what, re regardless of the decision, someone is going to be hurt from it. And, and, you know, and the way I am, I just I want everybody to have a good time. And this is one of those things where somebody's bound not to have a good time. And even if, you know, and I almost feel like get, somebody's going to get hurt with the decision. Either. Someone's going to get. Yeah, someone's going to get hurt with the decision. Good. Go ahead. This is a good time to bring up a quote that was so if you look up USAPL transgender, you can get to my whole talk from the National Governing Body meeting. Right. There's a quote um, in the comments section. Um, I'm going to read you this verbatim. I don't, I don't know if you've read, you've oh, I've read it, but that's all. Awesome. Yeah, please read it. Cause now I'll make sure I put a link for everyone <clears throat> right, else. So to read I'm a too. trans woman and haven't had testosterone for about 15 years. I'm easily the most powerful woman in my local gym after only seven months of training. Anyone who says that there's no developmental change doesn't understand basic biology. It hurts like hell knowing that the best I could ever compete as is quote other category, but it would be absolutely ridiculous to try to compare as a woman. I think, yeah. I meant to say complete, com, uh, try to compete. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't read. Uh, that's my ADHD. But it would be absolutely ridiculous to try to compete as a woman when biologically I am not one. I wish I was. I've done my best to be one, but I can never fully match. That's how life works. If we were biologically the sex we wanted to be, there wouldn't be any dysphoria to begin with. Mm -hmm. I personally thank USA Powerlifting for putting this into pure hard science terms and not in any way making fun of or insulting trans people in the process. Let it be known that at least some of the trans people out there fully support this decision. So, like, I mean, I think there's, like, an important voice of reason there. Yeah. Right? Because um, that's the thing, is how, at what point do you come to terms with the the basic physiology that's, yeah. that it's... is the advantage that's been granted? Because um, this is you know, this whole decision that we made was not made in a vacuum and it wasn't just my yeah. decision either, by the way, right. it was made by not even just the medical community. Right. We had to push it up to the, the EC. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it wasn't just like a few people making this decision. Right. So, you know, I, at the end of the day, we're not making this decision to intentionally discriminate. We're making this decision because, because of fairness. Yeah. You know, and then what does fairness look like? Because the other argument has been like, well, certain racial groups have certain strength advantages. Yeah. And oh, yeah. So do you, then do you start making divisions based on race? And it's like, like, well, so that piece would be extremely difficult to look at. Because, oh, yeah. Well, for sure. Um, but, you know, if you look at kind of some of the numbers, it's like, well, first of all, we don't require you to put race on your entry form. Yeah. We do require you to put a sex on your entry right. form. Right. So we've we've already deemed that like sex categories are acceptable, and we've already deemed that race categories are not something that we're requiring people right. to do because it wouldn't, it just wouldn't, no, no. right. So, um, but but second of all, like if you know theoretically, if there were a race advantage, I mean, and if you look at some of the numbers, because I kind of teased through some of the data, yeah. like is there an advantage this and that? And, you know, the interesting thing that pops up is like certain races have advantages of lighter weight classes certain races have advantages yeah like middle weight classes heavy weight classes and then like so it kind of actually washes out yeah um overall yeah because so, it's not like a, an across the board race domination or anything like that you know and even say it out loud that that's the thing that for me 
a lot of times just saying something out loud, like to, to even say, you know, across the across the board. I mean, I, I'll use black people. Well, we'll say that, you know what? Black people are stronger across the board. Okay, well, where's the facts behind that? But then we actually <clears throat> dig into the facts. Like, well, actually, the data says something completely different. So, I mean, it, it, while they're, you know, and, and again, there's been again, some studies on like, so different example on like Kenyan runners. Like, why yeah, are they so good? Exactly. Okay? Well, and, and then like there's been some biopsies done on them and like they have higher lactate thresholds. Right. Like, yeah. Oxygen carrying capacity is better. But then like, okay, but do you make a separate category for it in marathon running for, for Kenyans, well, Kenyans as opposed to everybody else? Because Kenyans clearly are like dominating. Right. Well, I mean, what about Kenyans that like are biracial? Yeah. You know, are, you know, some of you know, what if they, well, what if they're only kid with somebody that's, that's American or French or something? And yeah. Then, you know, they have a biracial kid. Well, then they're part Kenyan. And then like, what's their advantage there? And then like how much, yeah. How much would you can, how much, how much percentage are they Kenyan? So it's, it's a very slippery slope, but, but then again, uh, it's, it's great that you're saying out loud because to say it out loud, to put it, to put it to speech, to, like, to make it audible, it almost sounds ridiculous. It's like, well, okay, well, he's part but Kenyan. But that's the same, but that's the same argument that people are using for the transgender debate is the intersex conditions. Yeah. Because there's gradations there. But that's a different argument. Yeah. Because we're talking about something that has 99% certainty versus something that clearly can be gradated. Yeah. Right? This is very and true. It's clearly been mixed over time. True story. Something like race has clearly been mixed over time. Right. There's still there's still very much a large part to biological sex that's dichotomous. Mm -hmm. And so the, the very small exceptions of the intersex conditions that they need to be still treated as kind of a separate issue. True story. So that's where we're coming from with that. Yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, in terms of just, you know, and I, I think the best part is that you, you're trying to make it as black and white as possible. So people don't understand, like there's no, there's no feeling behind it, you know, and, because it's such a, you know, at least for me, on the outside looking in, it just seems like there's so much emotion behind it because it's such an emotional, it's such an emotional just subject period that a lot of times when you just make it black and white, like, listen, this is what it is. This is what it's not. This is what allowed. This is what it's not. It's a, that's just, that's it. You know, and it, it it definitely it definitely sucks because regardless of the decision, like we said before, we said it three or four times, somebody's gonna get hurt from it. Um, oh, you know, and you know, I you know, and I, I I I just I've always been that type of person. I hurt for those that hurt, no matter what, you know. And I I feel like you know at, at some point you know there 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 could be a solution at, at some point. I mean, but it just in terms of USA Powerlifting, I just don't know that that's ever, there's ever gonna be you know, any type of solution, like, all right, well, we're just going to make a category. Well, that kind of goes against the rules that have been set. So it's like, all right, well, it is what it is, you know, but. Well, yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> who's to say that that might not occur? I mean, yeah. that's going to be a decision for the UC is if we make a separate category, but we're definitely, the big piece of that is going to be actually not, if we make a separate category, it's not going to be folks that transition from male to female um, the, the the bigger piece would be the people that transition from female to male that have to be on testosterone because yeah. that technically goes on against our mission statement yeah. of drug free powerlifting, and so then do we allow exception for that and that alone? Um, 
And that's going to have to be a decision. Again, that's going to be a decision higher than me, right? Yeah. It's beyond but my then, I, And of course, then you, you know, if that's the case, then those people that do take testosterone, would they like, well, then, if they, I mean, clearly they're taking testosterone, so why wouldn't I be able to compete in that category? So then, because there's going to be somebody, I can guarantee you, there is going to be somebody that's going to be like, well, if they're allowed to take testosterone in that other, you know, in that other category, why can't I take my testosterone and compete against them? Since they're allowed to, I get there's there's then, gonna, there's going to be somebody that does that. So it's and then, and then here we go with more problems, right? Exactly. So it's just it's such a hard, it's such a hard and sensitive situation, you know. And 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 again, I, you know, God bless every one of them. I I I I I feel for them. You know what I mean? I just. Oh man, you know, I feel for you, man, because that's just, you know, it, it's 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 not something that every every person's built to, to handle. Number one, and I mean, and, and like I said, God bless you for being, you know, being one of the people in the forefront. That, you know, not not necessarily trying to tackle the issue, but some a person that's trying to help find a solution. You know that you know that. Yeah, that's, I mean, everybody, everybody has their skin in this game. Right? Yeah, I mean, really, truly, everybody has a woman they love, right? Yeah, I mean. So I'm currently adopting a daughter myself. Oh, that's She's actually a really good athlete. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so I've got skin in this game. Um, everybody has yeah. skin in this game, right? Everyone. So, I mean, this is this is an important thing to talk about. And this is, we've kind of gone against the grain here um, with this decision. And then now other groups are actually following our lead. Mm -hmm. And um, I've actually been in communication with a lot of folks from around the world now. Mm -hmm. Um, and been, and there was actually a couple of meetings in Sweden or I'm sorry, in Switzerland recently regarding this issue in the last month or so uh -huh. with the IOC ruling and how that worked out. Yeah. And then the IAAF, which is kind of like the legal body for the Olympics, and the, right. their rulings. And they kind of had another meeting recently, um, to try to kind of talk about all these issues. And, and I advised a couple of folks that went to Switzerland for that. And, you know, it's been, I, I never thought I would be talking about this issue i never thought i would be yeah uh, it never occurred on my radar right um so i mean this is just something that we had to make a decision on mm -hmm. um we, had, we tried to make the most fair decision exactly um, and then we took it from there i mean and at, and at the end of the day that's that's all you can do is you can only you know you know and not necessarily it's not about really sticking to your gun but rather than trying to make the best decision possible for you know honestly as many people as you can and at the same time, you know, uphold, you know, the integrity and, you know, I'm at, stick with the mission statement. You know, it's as simple as like you do what you say, say what you do. And so I, you know, and I applaud you for that, man, because like, like I said, not a lot of people, you know, self-included, I don't know that, that I would have really been able to, you know, to, to, to really approach this issue, you know, and, and not necessarily see it through, but approach this issue and, you know not half halfway broken down through it i i know me i know how i am and you know i just this i has been well i got a really strong woman behind me so yeah <laughs> i got yeah. a great wife that's awesome man yeah i just I, i'm and i'm proud of i honestly I mean, that's, do that's i'm proud of you for needs. it's like everybody needs support right Even yeah trans athletes need support like yeah because so, this is hard for them it's just yeah it's got to be hard for them man you know and and that's the thing like you know i don't think you know at least for for the people that, that I've run into, you know, over the, you know, last few months, you know, especially when it really started catching a lot of heat, that's the thing I don't think people understand, especially those that say they aren't members of the USAPL. Like, listen, man, we're not just walking around 
you know, just hating on, you know, any and every trans athlete. You know, I know this can't be easy. You know, I have friends that are trans. I know it's not easy for them just in I mean, their everyday have, life. Yes. You know I, what I mean? I and so patience for trans too. It's yeah. like they it's not it is clearly not easy to be. It's not easy so for person. for you to to live that life. You've, you know, and it's, you know, it's not like I made this decision. This is who you are. It's not like, oh, I'm making this choice. This is who you are. And so I, I you know, of, of all my, 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 you know, my trans buddies and, and, and sisters, I, you know, that's the, 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 the thing that I always hear is like, this is not like I'm making this choice. This is who I am. And so, you know, it's for me, my thing is like, well, if that's the case, if this is who you are, then you will never hear me question any decision that you make. Because if this is who you are, then who am I to be like, ah, well, well, you know, well, and I mean, and you get a lot of that going on, you know, and so if this is who you are and, and this is, you know, the life that you live, then my job as your friend is to support you in any way, any way that I can. And, and that's it. I just, you know, I mean, and that's really all you can do. This is, you know, with the with the lifting and the competition aspect of it all, you know, it's just it it just comes down to, you know, making it black and white, scientific fact, that's it. It's not like we're discriminating against you. It's not like we want to keep you out, keep you down, anything like that. It's just that this is the decision that we're going with. And, you know, I you know, it why it, it hurts some, you know, and you know, if if, if a decision were another way, it would hurt other people. It's it's such a god man it's it's hard so there, it's a it's a quandary with not a not a good right answer right exactly or at least not a, not a right answer that won't um hurt somebody yeah it, yeah so i you know and again like i said i applaud you for that to 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 be on in, in the forefront and, and really trying to you know you know it's not ne you know not necessarily find an answer but really help with the situation i feel yeah. like you know, and and I think that's that's, that's kind of really what it is, right? Because I don't think that there's going to be a great no no answer for everybody. No, you're trying to you know you're trying to help as much as you can with a with a very very sensitive situation, and I mean and that's really all you can do. And it's one of those things where it's not it's not like it's a it's a plague that's going to go away. It's not it's nothing nothing of that nature. But it's it's it's, it's going to be an ongoing you know situation that you know it's just going to take people that care, and you know and and you're one of the you know the few people, you know, with educational background and, you know, the scientific research and, and the ability uh, to, to make sound decisions and to stick to your guns and at the same time care. Yeah. That's the biggest thing that I think people have to understand. And again, that's why, you know, I, I really wanted to have an opportunity to, to kind of have this dialogue with you because I think people forget that you're not a robot. You actually care. You know what I mean? And that, you know, you know, they're, you know, you you deal with, well, you mean, know, that's, so that, like, that's one of the reasons that I chose emergency medicine is, yeah, I, so I have to treat everybody regardless of their ability to pay, right. Regardless of any of any of the qualities about them, right. right. If they're trans, if they're not, you know, regardless of their race, right. you know, regardless of if they're a homeless person on the street or, you know, they're on wall street. And that was actually the awesome part about New York. Cause I, I mean, literally got a cross section of all of society. Yeah. Um, but, and that's, like I said, that's why I chose emergency medicine is because I wanted to be able to treat everybody, right? Um, be able to help everybody kind of regardless. Right. So, I mean, I do care. I, I think that the, the essence of the question uh, is not necessarily about 
so much caring. It's about fairness. Right? Yes. Because if, <clears throat> if we're talking about sport, then there's going to be divisions and there's going to be winners and there's going to be losers. True story. Right. Um, unless you want to get into a situation where there's not and like it's just participation. But, you know, I mean, there's all this like kind of dogging on all these kids getting participation medals. And yeah. Understanding. And like, because even if you do like, um, in, there's been some informal studies that have been done on the kids that get just participation trophies. Right. And um, a lot of times they're they're like just confused. They're like, I don't understand why I got this. This is weird. Yeah. Like who who actually won? Um, because it's kind of part of human nature is to be competitive. Exactly. Right. And winning is fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I bombed out at two meets this year. Like that's not fun. Not Making fun. Making lift is not fun at all. Um, so, you know, you, the reason you do sport is you want to better yourself, but the reason that you don't just lift in your garage is because you want to compete against exactly. Somebody, right? So, I mean, that's why we have divisions. That's why we have rules and that's right. why we have competition in the first place. So I don't think that that essence of sport is going to go away anytime soon. Right. Um, cause I think that that would defeat the purpose. And so then how do you, how do you keep the competition fair? Mm. And I think that that's like I that's said, that we're is at. The, the question right here, you know, Dude, this, this is huge, man. I could talk about this for freaking ever, man. Like I, I'm like I'm over here like. Well, yes. it kind of get, it's you know this one subject. It's really gotten into a lot of questions about the nature of sport in general, and the nature mm -hmm. of what what it means to be male and what it means to be female. And yeah, it's a lot of like um, almost like existential questions. Yeah, well, it really it it, it, it like, yeah it planted a seed for for more questions. Um. That honestly, a lot of, uh, I think a lot of us, you know, you realize, I say this a lot, you don't realize you don't know until you realize you don't know. And oh man, is that so true? Like the Dunning Kruger effect, man. Like, you know what this is? Say again. The Dunning Kruger effect. Please, please, please educate us. Do you know what this? Is? You know what it is, right? I don't actually. Okay, cool. All right, good. So, <laughs> Dunning Kruger effect is like when you're starting to learn about something and you feel like you really understand it. Um, and then you get kind of over a hump and you realize how little you actually know. Yeah. Oh. So it just, and that, that, that hump is like way down. And then once you become an expert, you actually feel like, you know, less than when you started your, your yeah. venture is because yeah. like, once you become an expert in something is when you realize how much more there actually is to learn. Exactly. About. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's where we're getting with, with, just with, you know, I think as a society, at least, I can't believe I'm even saying as a society, I've become what I despise. Um, I think as a, as a society, as, as, as we are dead smack in the middle of the information age, and we do have the Google monster or the Google machine, however, which way you want to look at it, as we have it at our fingertips, we, you know, we, we, we're, we have more information readily available that comes quicker, but we also have a great deal of misinformation that, that's kind of poured into our brains as well. And so you really have to go on this quest to actually find truth, to actually try to find. And so it that's where a lot of, in my belief, a lot of these armchair scientists start coming from because you do have to dig a little bit deeper. And the, the, the deeper you dig, the more passionate you become about your opinion. And 
the more passionate one becomes about their opinion, the more that opinion starts becoming opinion, but starts becoming more fact to them. Because it means something. It means whatever that it means to them. And so, yeah, so, so one of my buddies, he has a quote that I'm going to butcher, but it's like, you can, you can go on to Google and you can, you can validate your, your opinion mm-hmm. with any misinformation you, you'd like. Now. Without a doubt, without, without a doubt. And, and honestly, you can, you can cite sources that don't even exist, but by the end of, by the, the end of your, your information journey, what that then opinion you can that become you, a source that people cite. Exactly. Right? And so, and that's the thing, like yeah. we have so much information and, and or misinformation that can lead us any way we want. So you do have to dig, but when you do dig and you do happen to find that truth, you realize I actually do not know what I'm talking about. And I, the more I, I think with me, at least personally, the more I dig into a subject and I start, you know, finding those references and finding those credible resources, I realized like, dude, I don't know jack about this. I thought I knew a lot about transgender yeah. and about, you know, trans people in, in the process and, and what they go through until I actually, you know, you know, until I actually realized like, wait a minute, this whole time we've been buddies and I had no idea you were trans. Oh, dude, tell me about it. Tell me about your life. Tell me what, you know, oh crap. I, I don't know. I don't, I didn't even know that. So you have to take this, this, and this. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Like in, in, so then, like, all right, so these are the medicines that one has to take. Okay, cool. So you have to take these medications. Okay, so let me do research on these. Oh, wow, so it does this and this and this too? Oh, my gosh. So not yeah, every day is... not every day is side effects of the meds they take. Yeah, you know what I mean? And so people have to understand, if this isn't, at least for me, I think to myself, if this isn't who you feel you are, why would you put yourself through this? You know what I mean? And so then you start developing even more of a respect for who who they are and you start developing, you know, even more love and appreciation for who they are, you know, because again, for me, all I ever knew was I, all I ever knew what was what, what was in front of my face. So I was only able to see pretty much what was at my front porch. That was it. So for me to venture past that front porch, actually go out to the street and actually make my way down the middle of the street, take a left or a right, you know, take a lot of roads that are less traveled. That's a scary thing because then, you know, you're, you're getting away from your comfort zone and we're all experts when it comes to our comfort zone. Uh, we all live in our own little bubble, right? Yeah. yeah you know, and so, and I think for me personally, that's <clears throat> my appreciation for, for people like yourself and so many other people within the medical community. Um, you start developing an, an even larger, grander, if you will, appreciation for, for, for those of you that, that are at the forefront of subjects like this um, and, and so many other things that, that we as general public just don't have the knowledge to, to really comprehend it's man, it, it's crazy, you know? And so, you know, again, I, I have, I can only applaud you, man, for what you're doing because again, you're my friend and you know, I, I have an opportunity to, to, you know, I, I post about it a lot. I have an opportunity to lift and, and train alongside some of my heroes. And, you know, I, like I said, I, I think with, with, with you guys, with, you know, yourself, you know, with, with Lane, with a lot of you guys that actually have put in the time and put in the research and spent hours on hours on hours on hours on hours that we'll never know about, you know, researching your, your, your specific subjects, you know, and, and I can use you in particular. I mean, stuff that you're not even compensated for, to be honest, to, to make sure that you help other people 
it's just it's absolutely beyond me, man. And so I can only I can only, you know, salute you and, and really tell you thank you. And, you know, just try to get your voice out there so people understand like, hey, man, this guy is not this robot that you think he is. He, he's you know, he's an actual person, you know, and, you know, many people don't know that, you know, like I like I like that term, you know, skin, have skin in this, um, you know, the fact that, you know, you do have a strong woman that backs you. The fact that you are, you know, in the process of adopting a daughter. The, the, you know, the fact that we all have a woman in our life that we love, that's, that's huge. So, so for one to have to, 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 you know, be a part of this, this, this whole process, you know, and to be able to, you know, to be able to try to, to, to do it in the most rational manner possible, you know, and not necessarily turn emotion off, but almost put your personal feelings to the side so that, that, the best decision for the greater good is made. That's huge, man. Yeah, that's what's about. And 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 that's and people sure. at the end of the day, it's what's about. You know, and people have to understand that part. You know, and so I, I'm sorry that I'm taking up so much of your time. I so I thought it's only going to be an hour, but I knew as soon as you started talking about it, I'm like, dude, for for me personally, I'm getting I'm I'm being educated. You know, and for those that have an opportunity to listen to this, I, I feel like they're they're going to be educated, on not just just you know, a few of the major points, the few, you know, X's and O's on it, but just also on people like yourself that are, that are, that are having, not having to make the decision, but people that, that are, have, you know, taken, taken it upon themselves to, to, to really try to make this thing as fair to as many people as possible. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what, that's what it's about, you know, and, and you guys actually care. Um, I don't even know where to, I don't even I it's like I need I know I need to wrap this up but I don't even know where to, to wrap it up from. Do I get to do I get to do my song? Of course you get to do your song. All right. What all what right. is what what song do we have? No, I'm not going to tell you. Oh man. All right. Cuz you told me I get to do a song. Yeah, you get to do right. a song. Do I, to, do I have to sing it or can I say it? You can sing it or say it either one, either one. All right. All right. All right. Well, all right. So I'll tell I'll give you this hint. You got to figure out the song before I get to the chorus. All right. But the hint is that it, the song is tricky. Okay. All right. Okay. We're no strangers to love. You know oh, never so gonna give you I. up. What's Rick Astley. Yes, a full commit. What's the song though? Full commit. Never gonna give you up. Thinking up. Yep. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. <laughs> never gonna run <laughs> around and desert you. Never gonna make you cry. Never gonna say goodbye. Never gonna tell a lie. Hurt you. All right. So I got to tell you about this song. That's hilarious. As we're wrapping this up. All right. So I just got married on June 1. Okay. Right. And you know, congratulations. Thank you. You know what Rick Rolling is, right? Yes. Okay. So for the people in the audience that are listening, don't know what Rick Rolling is. It's basically like an internet prank where, you know, you say you guide people to a link and then it pops up and it's never going to give you up. (laughs) Right. So, um, and it's it's kind of actually old now, so I'm dating myself. But um, <laughs> so for um, for my wedding, you know, we did the you know daddy daughter dance. My mm-hmm. wife did that, and then I did a dance with my mom, and mm-hmm. so then <clears throat> I did a dance with Amelia, who's mm-hmm. my stepdaughter that I'm currently adopting, right? And she's she's ten now, and she's very little. So I picked her up, and I'm dancing with her, and. You know, everybody's crying and, you know, it's a special moment. Everybody's get, getting their camera out. Oh. Well, halfway, and I picked butterfly kisses. Oh, get, you did yeah, it like that. Oh, you, you're the worst. I know. I'm actually the worst type of person. 
So um, we get halfway through that. There's DJ does a record scratch and then never going to give you up. Right. So I, we rickrolled everybody. That's and hilarious. Not only did we rickroll everybody, we had a whole choreographed bit because no. a kid opened up. Yes. Because the kid opened up a breakdancing studio down the street and um, he was doing like private lessons for really yeah. cheap. And so we did this whole choreographed song and dance would never going to give you up me and my wife and my, my um, soon to be adopted daughter. Oh, yes. dude, you yeah, know, was, you know, what my next, you know what my next question is going to be, right? What's that? How can I get a hold of that? I need to get the a hold video. Of I got to get that video. <laughs> right, I'll try I'll try to send out the video. I'll Listen, give me video. just a snippet of that video. Cause I want to put it on this. People need to, cause I want to see it. <laughs> Yeah, man, that's all. God, man, yes, I gotta yeah. get that. I gotta get pretty, that. It was a very epic rickroll, I will say. That's it. But I can tell you that my daughter is absolutely sick of hearing that song because we practiced it for like two months. That's hilarious. Like, I never want to hear this song ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, I there's no. I, I we, I, we 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 that's how we wrap it up right there. That's that's a beautiful right. moment. Um, my friend, where can you be reached, social media wise? I can be reached at at Punsy08 okay. on my Instagram. If people right. want to reach me, that's probably the best way. Gotcha. Um, but the other way to, re to reach me, honestly, is to email the national office. Okay. Um, and you can reach me that way. It's nationaloffice at usapowerlifting.com. Right. All right, because they filter out a lot of emails and get people in touch with me if they have major questions about kind of medical issues in right. USA Powerlifting, and I field all those questions. So. That's my dude. I honestly, I appreciate you more than you know, man. You know, I love you so much. You've been one of my favorite lifters literally since day one. So it's, it's, it's you know, and I, I've been bugging well, you. You're one of my I, favorite people in the, in the world. So. I, I appreciate that, brother. I really do. I've so been. You got a disc this bromance is probably getting gross to everybody that's listening. Uh, it is what it is. We want to say, I reached out to you a while ago, man, and I know that you were so busy and you finally got a little time to, to pencil me in. So I, I cannot tell you how appreciative I am of that. Um, I will make sure I cannot wait to get this out to people, man. Like I, God, I'm telling you, my season one was good. My season two was great. This season three is about to be epic. God, this is gonna be epic. But Chris, I'll try to get you that video. I appreciate you, man. Like we will talk to you soon. Thank you again, brother. Have a good day. All right, man. You too. Later, buddy. What's up, people? LS. First and foremost, thank you guys for joining us on this journey that is McLean and Circle. Appreciate you guys, you know what I'm saying, coming through and listening. Now, got some important news for you. All your apparel, <laughs> like this right here, can be found at McLean Circle. Simple. Go to lsmclean.com, hit that chop button, that's where we're at. Thank you guys very, very, very much. Also, coaching by yours truly can be found at lsmclean.com. Thank you very, 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 very much. And finally, want to know what goes on in my life? Whatever. You probably don't, but it is what it is. Guess what? lsmclean.com. Thank you very, 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 very much.